Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Major, part of the 88 Cup car, the 7 Xfinity car, and the 29 truck. And uh, joining me from FaceTime today is Brett Griffin spotter Clint Boyer Elliot Sadler this weekend I've got Harrison Burton in a K&N car I don't frequent oh. the K&N series very often but when I do it's usually with a Burton so uh, looking forward to this weekend and I'm actually driving on I-81 but we've got a couple of people back in the studio I'll let KB introduce who we've got going on this weekend hey guys we have a special guest this weekend or this weekend it's Monday oh my god I need coffee today <laughs> today um, Xfinity's most recent winner, Ryan Pierce. Pierce? Why does this say Ooh. Pierce? It so close. Say. Don't worry. It, not the the R is in the wrong spot. It is. On the show, she is. I was reading yeah, It's verbatim. Priest, people. This guy won a race. It's Ryan Priest. We'll blame, should we blame Josh since he isn't here? Yeah. <laughs> we can, I'll take that, even though I'm the, the one that typed it up. The sheet says Pierce, but obviously his last <laughs> name is Priest. And he fault. is here with us in Mooresville. Yeah, it's actually cool to uh, to be sitting in your studio instead of listening to it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's fun. And um, You're one of the few. Yeah. So, you Am know, I? we have not We're had many any? special guests. Mm-mm. Probably because Brett's not here in the <laughs> studio. Well, Kristen's usually not here because she has an allergic reaction to everything. That's right. I heard about that a yeah. couple podcasts ago. Or well, maybe I've been it was good. Last one. I've been good. It's about time because there for a while you were really bad. <laughs> so, um, so Brett's driving back. Brett, you had a little vacation last week. You went to... Man, I'm on I-81, and I got to say that of all the interstates I've been on in this country, this road is the absolute worst with ignorant people riding in the fast lane. There's tractor trailers everywhere. There's people pulling horses. There's people pulling campers. (laughs) And then you just run up on these random people that are smoking and can't smoke and drive and run 75. It's annoying. That's what I'm going to be dealing with later. I got a 12-hour ride home later tonight. Yeah, man, that's a long ways back to Connecticut. But when you get home, I got to think they're going to have a hell of a party waiting on you, buddy. Oh, yeah. A couple of my friends already said they got Coors Light. It's waiting. So, Brett, are you yeah. in the left lane or right lane right now? I'm in the right lane right now, passing everybody in the left lane. I'm getting ready to take the shoulder. I'm going three wide. Leaving Kentucky. That's how you leave Kentucky. Uh, so, yeah, so Ryan had a good weekend. You yeah. know, uh, how was your weekend? About as good as it could possibly go, to be honest with you. Uh, that was pretty stellar. Um, just really cool for everybody that helps me. Uh, Mohawk. Falmouth and Mizzy, just a lot of support. My family there, my wife there, and it's just um, you can't really get much better than that, can you? Your first Xfinity win, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so you pretty much dominated that race. I mean, the seven was fast, but you were all over him the whole time there. Um, You know, and you had a what? This was that you had a two-race deal, right? Yeah, yep. So so, I would say you made the most of the two races that you could possibly get. Yeah, pretty much. Did what I thought I could do. I mean, yeah. I, when I told people I, I was going out to try and win, I wasn't kidding. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, did what we needed to do. Justin had a really good car. Just pitch strategy worked in our favor. And, 
and uh, didn't really work into his. Uh, they were they were really strong, and I was trying to work at, or figure out how I was going to use the air to get by him. And and um, you know, luckily I really didn't have to. Track position was key, and and then just kind of had to not spin the tires there in the last restarts. Yeah. So let's talk about. You know, you drove. I gotta say, I gotta say one thing. I mean, this obviously Ryan's <laughs> run two races and in top level equipment. Which those of us who have have been fans of Ryan Priest were happy to see this. I mean, he came into NASCAR and he got into a you know an average race team, a, a team that was capable of running fifteenth, but certainly not capable of winning. And so to see see you get in a car and have two starts and have a one point five average finish with a first and a second is is phenomenal but i gotta ask you man two things number one when you were riding behind justin and and, and really trying hard to pass him you kept getting getting under him and, and not being able to complete the pass were you burning your tires up or were, were you just kind of trying to figure out what you were going to have to do to make it work when it was coming down to the to the checker flag and trying to take it from him uh, I was just trying to figure it out. I wasn't burning them up. Uh, that's one thing I'm pretty good at on a modified, as people know, is is typically going over the edge or pushing the pushing the issue too early. So no, I was just trying to figure it out for late in the race if I was in that situation again to to what I'd need to do to get back to the lead and get that clean air. Yeah. So when that yellow comes out, and and every and, and everybody pits mm-hmm. except Justin Algar, are you thinking, hell yeah, man, the seas just parted? Um, I thought it was definitely an obstacle kind of gone. You know, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't going to have to deal with the seven unless caution came out, you know, 25 laps from then. But it was, uh, that was, that was huge when that happened. And, and it's definitely tough being the guy that's leading the race. And, and when a caution comes out with 70 to go in a crew chief's mind, you know, is it too early or, or should I wait or should I pit now? It's, it's a tough situation. So I think everything just kind of fell the way I needed it to. Yeah, I think the good news for you is all you had to do was drive. You, know, yeah. you didn't really have to make that okay. decision. But I'll say this, and I don't know that anybody's really said this. Probably the most impressive thing about your win is the fact that every single pit stop that I watched, you lost positions. You know, you came in first, you came out sixth. You came in second, you came out fourth. I mean, you, your, your pit crew wasn't doing you any favors. So for you to come back and win the race and drive to the front the way you did, man, I think it gives a lot of props to, to your ability. I will say this, and I text you this after the race, man, you scared the shit out of me on that last <laughs> lap coming to, the, coming to the checkered at three and four. I was like, ah, you got nah. to get inside wreck. You want to know what? Uh, it, was, it was a hell of a race. Yeah, it was. But you, I'm so used to, uh, obviously, I race short tracks a lot, you know, two to three times a week. And if a guy's within a car length of you, they're uh, getting into the last corner. Typically, he's going to get his nose under you and try to jack you up. So, uh, I mean, the outside was the preferred lane. But um, I felt like if I got it in on the bottom and, and got to the center without him getting to me, it's going to be really hard for him to get that big of a run to, to get by me coming to the line. I, I was actually a little nervous because I, I knew it was a green-white checkered, but everything's going on, and, and you're just um, – I'm coming to the checkered. I'm thinking it's the last lap, but I wasn't sure. And he's underneath me. I'm like, oh, no, did I just give the race away? But, yeah, luckily it was over, and I got to do some donuts and, and rip some burnouts. So that was fun. So That's cool, man. My last question is this. There's a big – That's three questions. Almost distinct <laughs> yeah, line. There's almost a big distinct line between the modified world and the NASCAR world. Obviously, you know, you haven't been a part of the NASCAR industry a long time, but you've made a lot of – quick good impressions within our industry but has the modified world just been blowing your phone and social media up because it's a big deal for a modified guy to come in and win at one of nascar's top series yeah it's it's huge um you know there's been weekends where i've hated some of my like competitors and then there's been weekends where we've been best friends and, and there's actually an article on race day connecticut about it i guess uh, there was a big money show that you know I typically would have been at this weekend, and and there's a guy Wide Oak Communications. Obviously, if you're involved in modifieds, you know who he is. Well, he has a trailer and he had TV set up. So I guess uh, right before practice, everybody's you know drivers that I race against weekly, they're all in there cheering. There's a picture of it, and you know there's even an article written on it about them and and how happy they were, and and uh, about you know there are weeks where we probably want to kill each other, but. Um, they were still rooting for me and happy for me, and that's that just goes to show you about the modified community and and um, you know it was awesome. So I was gonna go back. So you drove some Xfinity cars before, but you actually instead of keep you know possibly keep doing that in a in a lower tier car, you actually took a step back. Basically, instead of you know staying on that path, you went back to modified racing and 
kept winning races and put this a better deal together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that decision's worked out pretty good for you. This is something you don't see guys do very often. Yes. You know? Like, Brett, you, when's the last guy you saw take a step back to move forward again? Yeah, I, I actually, TJ, I don't remember a guy saying, hey, I want to go back and win races over having an opportunity to be in a platform that gets me national exposure. And I actually was talking to Ryan last year when he made that decision. He was like, man, I can go back and win races versus riding around here 15th to 20th, and I want to win races. That's more important to me. And I think that's what opened up these doors. And I, and I think one thing that Ryan probably isn't going to get enough credit for uh, in terms of what actually he had to do to pull this thing together is, you know, he went out on his own and found a lot of the sponsorship and, and took this deal to Joe Gibbs Racing and probably worked with Steve D'Souza or Dave Alpern over there to make this thing come to life. And, and when you look at what racers are made out of, you know, when I grew up, it was blue-collar badasses that could drive race cars, and that's what I think Ryan Priest is. He doesn't have a rich dad. He doesn't have a big company behind him. This guy is still fighting tooth and nail for his life and his opportunity to win so i mean to come out and do that i mean it just makes me think of you know mike magic shoes and and all the all the modified guys you know richie evans and, and guys that the nascar world came to know and then for me it puts ryan priest on that platform of those guys of hey this guy was able to cross over and win in nascar and that's a big freaking deal yeah this is how it used to be you used to take the guy that would win a lot of races and this is how it, how you used to make your way up the ladder. You didn't you you had you won a lot of races and you filled your house with trophies and your garage full of trophies and stuff, and you got opportunities. And that's what Ryan's kind of been doing. And he's obviously a very accomplished, modified and short track driver. Um, you've won almost everywhere in a modified, and you're you're a frequent winner mm -hmm. in the modified series, yep. and that's pretty big. Yeah. So no, you know, it's cool to see a guy. It's cool to see you know somebody. You know, hey, I can go back and be a really, really successful. And you were prepared to be a successful late or uh, modified driver for years if you had to be. I mean, until real a door quick, open. One thing is, uh, I, I would say the average fan kind of looks at it as I'm going to go to a small pond and be a big fish. You know what I mean? Kind of what I did. That's what people thought. And and to be honest with you, in modified racing, it's some of the toughest racing you'll ever get in, and people don't really know that until they get in it. Like, for example, ask Corey LaJoy, ask, ask, oh, yeah. Eddie, ask Ryan Newman. I mean, it's, it's, it's competitive, it's rough. You have guys that are there, you know, racing for trophies. There's nothing other than that. You know what I mean? It's pride. So when you get those combinations, it's just – it creates great racing. And um, There are a handful of guys in the modified series. That, you know, like you said, those guys have been doing it a long time, and they're good. Yeah. So it's not like it's a given every, any weekend. When you go back and run with them guys, it's tough. Yep. So, but yeah, so let's, uh, I guess we can What's next, into... man? Like, what, what's next on Ryan Priest's to-do list? <laughs> Obviously, you still got some modified races left, but what, I mean, I know there's a wish list, but what's realistically on the to-do list? Uh, are we talking at this level, Xfinity level? Are we talking a national stage? Are we talking about, Ryan, like, weekly racing? Everything. We're, we're, all I mean, of it, man. I can't, yeah. I don't even know. I kind of go week to week when it comes to modified racing. I, yeah. I'm usually running, you know. I know this week I got the wheel modified tour with uh, my SK modified and, and uh, the tour modified on Friday. And then Saturday, depending on how we come out of there, maybe I'll go to Long Island to race at Riverhead or, or if there's some other series running that they allow our motor package to go to, I'll go do that. I mean, if there's a race, I'm probably going to go to it. And, um, you know, uh, when I, I don't know. I probably have about 30, 40 more races to go. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But what about, yeah. like, so this is – hopefully this opens some doors. I you hope know? so. Yeah. And, and uh, hopefully this opens some doors to some good equipment yep. that you can get in and continue your success. I mean, to be honest with you, I think Brett kind of touched base on it. I wasn't happy doing what I was doing last year. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to get the seat time and, and be doing it. But I'm a racer, and I want to take trophies home. Like, at the end of the day, not a lot of people knew I even ran a full-time full in the series last year. And that's just – it's if you're not happy doing something, why keep doing it? And it's it's a tough decision, but um, you know I hope so. Um, and I'm just gonna continue hoping that I get another opportunity in a good car and and continue trying to win races. Kristen, you wanna go to spot in, spot on, spot off? Spot in. Are we spotting in now? Let's spot in. All right, Brett, you're going first. Spot on, spot off. Kyle Busch finally wins in 2017, and it's the first time at Pocono. Man, I mean, spot on, obviously, for those guys finally winning. I mean, they, they certainly were on the cusp of, of winning five or six other races this year. I think was, this was his longest 
win streak, uh, winless streak rather of, of his career. But once again, we're back to this lug nut thing. I mean, is it a penalty or is it not a penalty? I mean, he didn't have a, he was missing a lug nut. It, it wasn't encumbered, but it was close to encumbered. Like I think we still got a lot of rules in place that make this whole thing complicated. Yeah, I'll go spot off because he's still a tool. <laughs> Man. <laughs> well, you want me to lie? No. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, spot on. It's great. <laughs> really happy for uh, Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs Racing. Cool. God, that's and so Toyota. diplomatic. Can we Gross. play the throw-up sound? <laughs> Where's Josh's throw-up sound? I don't have it. Spot on, spot off. Ryan Blaney to a third Penske car. TJ. Uh, I'll go spot on. He's earned this. He's been working towards this since he's driven Brad's trucks. And he's uh he's earned his way there. And, you know, I kind of liked the Wood Brothers and Blaney combo, but he was a Penske driver, and Roger sees him having success now, so he wants to pull him in. And, you know, but congrats to Blaney, and, and uh, spot on for him. He's earned it. Brian? Uh, spot on. You know, I've been a pretty big Brian Blaney fan. You know, he's pretty down to earth. And uh, to see a guy like him get an opportunity, obviously it's – the 21, I felt, has always kind of been a Penske car, but for him to be pulled back into that organization and be in-house, is uh, it's really cool to see. Brett? Spot off. Elliot Sadler and Eddie Wood are the reason that I got to be a spotter in the sport, and I did it with the Wood Brothers, and we won races when we were with the Wood Brothers. Trevor Bain won races with the Wood Brothers. Ryan Blaney was winning races with the Wood Brothers. Now we're putting in a guy that I'm not sure can win races over there. So I'm spot off because I'm a big Wood Brothers fan, and I really hate to see them lose the talent of Ryan Blaney's caliber. Does that mean you're not a Paul Menard fan? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) But this question wasn't about the Wood Brothers. It was about Blaney. Is this a good decision for Blaney, do you think? I know, but I'm a Wood Brothers fan, so for Blaney. (laughs) Dude, here's the thing. It's really hard to watch a guy. I mean, look at yesterday. Blaney was hauling ass, and and then you look at he obviously had a problem, but Man, you're you're taking a guy, and let's be honest, this is satellite Penske team as it is, but he's outrunning the Penske cars. He's outrunning the two on a weekly basis. He's outrunning the 22 every week. I mean, the 22, since he got caught with his, with his encumbered win, this guy struggles to run top 15 for whatever reason. So you're getting out of a really fast situation to get in a situation that right now you're outrunning those guys. So I don't know if, if Ryan's outrunning them because of his talent or because the Wood Brothers' cars are just better than Penske's, but this certainly is a little bit of a gamble for Ryan. Sometimes when you have momentum, it just it works, and you don't want to break it up, but – you know, still congrats. Speaking of momentum, man, how about Larson's momentum? That's two or three bad weeks in a row. You know, I mean, he uh, he may be losing his mojo at a time where he needs it the most. Yeah, this is where championship runs start pretty much. You know, th- this happened – this is where Brad took off when he won his championship. He won this Pocono race and went on to dominate a lot of the chase and uh, and have a lot of success. So let's pray that doesn't happen with Kyle and um, carry on. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Two of the 78 crew guys were suspended for t- three races and nothing for the 18 team. Ryan? Just uh, <laughs> He doesn't want to <laughs> answer this one. Let's just go to the good one. <laughs> Let's just go. Go yeah, ahead, go Brett. Ahead. Go ahead, Brett. What do you think? I support JGR and the decision they make. <laughs> this, I'll be honest with you. This whole thing pisses me off. I mean, here's a guy, and I know Lee. He's a tire changer. He was clapping, and he basically was being a smartass. And, and maybe he shouldn't have done that. But Adam Stevens is a leader within Joe Gibbs Racing. He has two options. He can take the higher road and walk off, or he can go confront this guy that's being a smartass. He went and confronted the guy. He put the bill of his hat on the guy's nose. And then the other guy tried to break it up, and then Joe Gibbs Racing comes in and suspends furniture rows, tire changer, and tire carrier. This is the most absurd thing I've possibly ever seen in the sport. Adam Stevens should have bet some kind of penalty, too. And actually, what he should have done is to handle this behind closed doors. He should have, he should have walked off, then he should have called this league guy into an office, and he should have busted his ass and said, hey, man, this isn't how we do this. But the odd thing here is, these are Joe Gibbs Racing employees being outsourced to another team. And believe it or not, now Furniture Row is at a deficit because of Joe Gibbs Racing's decision to do this. So I'm big time spot off on this whole propaganda or whatever you would even call this situation. You know, I, I love to, I hate to agree with Brett, but I have to agree with him here. But I think there's a bigger picture here. Martin Truex is leading, or Kyle Busch is leading the race asks for Martin Truex's help on all the restarts so they can get clear, you know, and Martin helps him, gets in line in second place. Martin basically concedes the lead and doesn't race him, and then the first time that Martin's leading, Kyle wants to race. That is not 
to me, that's just not how you should do it. Kyle should have said, all right, well, let's get through turn one and two, and then we'll race. That's what you've been doing for me all day. That's that's what you should deserve back. But now, all of a sudden, Kyle's not leading. Oh, well, we're going to race now after you've been helping me out all day. I understand the frustration from the Furniture Row guys not you know, being real. I will say this, decision. though, TJ. The only thing probably that surprised me the most about the whole scenario at Indy in terms of what played out on the racetrack versus what we saw at Pocono was once again the guys who sat on the front row by four tenths of a second was Kyle Bush, and by two tenths of a second over third was Martin Truex. They pretty much hands down had the fastest two cars. Yeah. Something is going on with those two cars the last two weeks that everybody else hadn't figured out. Yeah. You got to wonder if they're skirting the rule. Mm or if they just are that much smarter than everybody all of a sudden. But, man, those two cars were hands down faster than everybody the last two weeks. And we're not talking about that they took the same car the last two weeks. This is two different cars they had to take because of the crash at Indy. So, man, they've got a lot of speed right now. Yeah, and it seems like the 18 has found a little bit of what the 78's been doing because the 78's been the dominant car all year <laughs> long. So, who Did knows? I guess we will see. This? Uh, I don't know. Would it, like, throw it the red it? flag in like the NFL? No, just or? say this is <laughs> It's an NASCAR. And uh, I'm sure they probably could, but, I mean, what what, what good is it really going to do? Spot on, spot off. Brian France was spotted at Riverhead Speedway in Long Island, where Ryan's going to go race. Was he, yeah. in a, was he in a Ryan Priest shirt? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no. He looked pretty dressed up. My uh, So my modified owner actually owns Riverhead Raceway. So, uh, oh, I'd race there all the time if I were you. That's right. So when I go there, people don't really like it. Yeah, I, guess, I can't but, imagine. But they, yeah, it's all right, though. So, um, Yeah, it looked pretty cool. He took some photos with Eddie, and Eddie seemed really happy, so that was really cool. So what do you think he was doing there? I have no clue. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if Riverhead does guess, put a heck of a show on. <laughs> if you had to guess, what was he doing there? There for the Demolition Derby or Cup something. Cup cars there, 2019. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, that'd be something to see. Xfinity oh, it would be. series or a truck race. I might Let's get sick it. that one and watch it from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you got next, Kristen? Oh, you guys oh. aren't going to? We Oh, well, we I kind of could. What do you think, Brett? Spot on or spot off I, for Brian France? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely spot on. I mean, the sources that we have told us that Brian France flew in via helicopter chopper Landed right there on property, stayed for some of the race. So you got to think one of two things is happening. Either he's just there to support the local NASCAR modified deal, which I think is, is great either way, or B, man, he's looking at this as a potential site that he could purchase to do the, the NASCAR thing on, on in New York. And we all know that he's been looking at, you know, New York City as a market for a long time. So regardless of, of which one he was there for or whether it be to support or to purchase, I, th I think it's a great sign when the president of the NASCAR is, is, you know, showing his face at places like Riverhead. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I like it's cool that he's going and checking these places out because, like you said, and Ryan, Ryan will tell you too, that it's a good, it's a good show. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a great show. So, you know, it's awesome he's getting out and checking out the, the product and, um, you know, supporting it. I like Long Island. Long Ice Island. Teased. Strong Island. Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. One Man Financial is hosting a contest, the Race to Whiskey River Sweepstakes, and this is at Dale Jr.'s house. Mm. Grand prize winner and a guest, three nights in Charlotte. Go-karting with Elliot Sadler. Guided tour of Whiskey River. And this Whiskey River has a jail. It has a hospital. It's got a saloon. Hotel. Hotel. Motel. And a church. And the grand prize winner... Of the whole thing, it's going to get three laps around Charlotte Motor Speedway with me Dale and you, no. <laughs> with Dale Jr. And there's a lot more cool stuff too. Where do you go to? Where, how do we enter for this thing, TJ? To enter, you're going to go to OneMainRacing.com and click on Giveaways tab. Upload your photo demonstrating why you love racing. You have until July 31st. Or you can go to Race2WhiskeyRiver.com. That's Race T O WhiskeyRiver.com. I would not wait. I would try to enter this sweepstakes right now. I think you can win. Also, at One Main, you can tweet them using the hashtag Whiskey River Sweepstakes. Man, this is going to be awesome. I, you, this is one of those things that you're going to win something you li literally cannot buy. This is one of them things where Elliot and Del Jr. get sick and I drive the car. There you go. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Subject to official rules at racetowhiskeyriver.com. Must be 21 to enter. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. 
All right, so we're going to go into Fastlane. I'm going to give TJ, Brett, and today Ryan a topic <coughs> to debate, and we're going to alternate who responds first, and you each get 30 seconds to voice your opinion, okay? Yep. Brett, you're going first. The last, last two weekends, the Cup schedule has been a two-day show. Is this a better format for the teams and fans? Is this something they should consider every weekend? I think the pros to the two-day shows for Cup are, number one, it's it's saving teams some money, you know, and, and I think that's a big deal because you're traveling, you know, with Stuart Haas Racing, we're traveling 180 people every single weekend. So you're looking at a third of that cost being cut out from a hotel rental car per diem perspective. I think the only real con to this for me is – we're pretty much a convention that's coming into town every single week. I mean, we're bringing two to 3,000 people. So the Thursday night and to some degree the Friday night money that Dang. we bring to these towns yeah. is a big deal. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you think, Ryan? Two-day I mean, shows? or I think it's better, especially from a fan aspect. Uh, you know, you get the Friday where you guys get practice, and then afterwards Fridays are, uh, the drivers are doing media obligations or having fun with the fans. And then Saturday is just kind of strictly racing. You got your qualifying and two hours later the race. So I think it's better from a driver's standpoint and a fan standpoint. I was uh, I was reading some of Jeff Gluck's tweets that he's had from the tweet up that he went and did at Pocono and seeing the fans were pretty uh, pretty into it. Seemed we had a good crowd there on Sunday and there was actually more stuff to do rather than just go tailgate forever than go, you know, um, watch the race. They actually had some other things to do and check out and – I thought the schedule was fairly fairly nice and um, not not bad on the crew guys. So I think uh, I think it was a success. I'm looking forward to some more. RCR loses Paul Menard, who will <clears throat> run for the Wood Brothers in 2018. What does this mean for RCR? Will they look for another driver? Or will they stay with their current lineup? Ryan, what do you think? Well, Menards is a big sponsor. I think that's huge, and for RCR to lose it, that's even worse. Uh, I mean, it's good for Wood Brothers because I'm a huge, you know, I'm big into history. I'm big into the Wood Brothers, and actually uh, my grandfather had purchased one of their old um, uh, trucks way back in the day when he ran his modified, so that was pretty cool. Um, you still got it? No, <laughs> no. Awesome. Keith Rocco <clears throat> actually has it, I think. Oh, nice. So, uh, will they look for another driver? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not in the know down here, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think uh, I've heard some rumors about some RCR stuff, some drivers that are looking to go there. Um, I think losing Menards is obviously a big deal, but th this is this is pretty common though. Paul Menard kind of goes and he, he kind of swaps, and I think he's making a good decision here to go with the Wood Brothers. They got fast cars, and he wants to drive fast cars. So, ding. <laughs> I mean that sound that, that that sound that you hear is twenty million dollars in sponsorship leaving RCR. I mean they're losing the Menard deal. Brendan Gone supposedly isn't going to come back and run a full Xfinity deal. So you're looking at a a big hit to the RCR guys. Obviously Menards is a huge motorsports sponsor across all platforms. So it's good to see them go to a storied opportunity like the Wood Brothers. You know I'm I'm a big fan of that plan out. I think the biggest question here is how is RCR going to subsidize? that loss and then the rumor is they're going to bring the 43 over to their campus and that'll become kind of their third cup Dang. team at least for next year <laughs> i'm starting to see a trend here <laughs> <laughs> yeah brett's very uh what's the word no talkative i think they're cutting you short brett <laughs> we always have to <laughs> michael waltrip said to have everyone own a charter in order to compete and cut the field to 36 teams do you agree with this tj you know i, I i'm not really sure on this whole charter deal still i like just race cars showing up and qualifying in the race i think we should lock in the regulars but i hate sending cars home I, I, I don't know i just hate sending cars home so i wish we could figure out a way that you know if you showed up to race and you were legal and you could race brett man i'm still a fan of free enterprise and motorsports you know this isn't stick and ball you don't have to have a franchise to show up and play the dallas cowboys in our world if you want to show up and and, you know, build a car that fits the templates and go race for Ryan Priest next week, you can. And I think that says a lot about our sport and a lot about the opportunity. And I, I think Michael's a little bit out of the box here on the business side and on the fan side. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I definitely don't agree. Um, I think we need more owners in this sport. And if you have everybody with the charters and having to purchase the charters, it's going to make it extremely difficult for a new team to build up and get in. So, uh, no, I definitely don't agree. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I hope for the future that we do get more owners in this sport because right now it's probably down to, what, five or six real, I would say, heavy heavy, heavy hitters. Heavy hitters, yeah. yeah. What, like, what if we did go to Riverhead one day 
and your owner wanted to build a car and run there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you would it'd be almost impossible for you to do. It'd be hard for you to do without with all this stuff going on. And I think like kind of what Brett said, what I said, you're limiting people that can go to these things and compete in them when you do this stuff. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. We have had 13 different winners so far this season with only three spots remaining in order to make it into the playoffs. How much pressure does this put on the teams, and what are your thoughts about this format as we see it all play out? Brett? Man, this is insane. I don't think anybody saw 10 winners over the course of the last 10 weeks and 13 winners total thus far into the season. I mean, when you look at a guy like Chase Elliott, you look at Clint Boyer, you look at Matt Kenseth, you thought they'd be locked in on points, but then you had guys like, you know, Austin Dillon, Ryan Newman come out and win. So, I'm, I'm, man, it's exciting for the fans, but there's a lot of pressure on those of us that thought we were going to be okay on points to go win because we've got wild card races coming. Bristol, you know, Watkins Glen, and obviously Richmond, man, everybody brings their best stuff to try to win that one. So, it's crazy. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have seen this many different winners so far in the season. Um, who knows? We're going to a road course, which – Anything can happen there. You, you get the guy that catches the caution right. You know, get, there's a car off in the inner loop, and you got a guy coming out of the last corner. And he hits pit road, um, gets his pit stop done, come out, comes out the leader, and nobody can get around him. You never know. This could happen again this weekend. So, um, I, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, I I I figured there's a lot more winners than I thought. Um. You know, there there very well could be sixteen winners, and and what happens if there's seventeen winners? What happens like if it's to the last point, guy in points you know I mean? is out, man? Is that what it is? Yeah. So whoever's races. so messed up. Okay, okay. Unless so. unless Jeff Gordon comes back, then we'll make a spot for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought Kyle Busch would have more than one win, and I did not think he'd be the thirteenth winner. Yeah, you know, who, so this this season's crazy. It's kind of it's kind of cool, huh? And Brett, you're on you're on the edge, right? We're the first car out right now. We're 17 points out. But, again, you know, when I look at places I think we have a good opportunity to win, it's, it's Bristol and it's Richmond. But you you got to throw in the fact that, you know, A.J. Amendinger is going to be fast at Watkins Glen. Crazy things can happen at Michigan just based on that being a, a yeah. one-groove racetrack and fuel mileage. And, I mean, man, like Ryan said, we could see 17 winners. This is insane. I mean, just you saying that right there, just think about it. What happens if the 22 gets all that speed back, goes out and dominates Michigan, and A.J. Allmendinger, or A.J., uh, wins. uh, Dingaling. Dingaling. Wins at the next road course. Yeah, well, A.J. and. There's 15 right there. A.J. and the 22 have both won at at Watkins Glen in the last couple, two or three years. So that could be a pretty good, you know, we could have 14 right there, Brett. You're going to have to pick up, bud. You got to pick up the pace, Brett. We have we have more. Hey, we're, we're we're trying, man. We're trying. <laughs> we uh we we had our best race of, of the year last year. You know, this past weekend, so qualified we. top ten, <laughs> ran top ten in every stage, ran sixth. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you still got to look at guys like Dale Junior. I mean, he's got some good tracks coming up, and they're throwing. I think they're calling them Dale Marys instead of Hell Marys. Oh, we are. So, <laughs> I mean, even Chase um, Elliott too. Yeah, Chase is yeah. still hanging in the in the shadows right there. You're right. Yeah, it's crazy. That's four people. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's, there's not enough spots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's not enough spots. It's crazy. The off-the-wall topic for the week. NFL training camp started over the weekend. Who do you think will be the team to beat this season, and who are you pulling for? And no, it's not the Buffalo Bills. TJ. I mean, we all know who this is going to be. <laughs> the team that everybody hates, and I hope you do not like them. Who's Pats? your favorite football team? <laughs> don't even Where say it, man. Forget it. Forget it. Uh, what do well, you think? You well, like actually, Jets. so I am south Jets. of Hartford, so I could either be the Giants, the Jets, or the Patriots. The Whalers? I can respect the Whalers. The, the Whalers? Yeah, we're bringing them back. <laughs> that's that's definitely hockey, though, so it's okay. <laughs> you were close. So who who do you, in order, what are they? Listen, man, I'm just not going to respond oh, to you because you already know. He's I mean, on the bandwagon. I, I honestly used to be a Steelers fan, but my brother's such a diehard Patriots fan, I just got sick of getting punched by him whenever I'd give him crap. Is he older? Yeah, he's older. i got two older brothers. <laughs> yep. so, so, yes, I'm I, a Patriots fan. Uh, man, yep. the Patriots are unstoppable, and they just got a University of South Carolina alumni uh, guy, Stephon oh, Gilbert. So, so when you take uh, one of the geez. best corners in the game and put them on already a good defense with the best quarterback in the league, how do you not say the Patriots are still a team to beat? I know Tom Brady's 109 years old, but these guys are unstoppable. <laughs> Tom Brady plays I like he's 25. So much. I will say that that cornerback that you got, there's not a mu- the highlight reel against him is longer than the highlight reel of him doing good plays. So I know he's a KB. South did Big Ben guy. come back or did he retire? He's back, right? 
Who? But I'm not a Steelers fan. You know I'm an Eagles oh, fan. Oh, he's back, but he's question. He's already he's questioning. Pew. Yeah, he's. Uh, oh, yeah, you're an Eagles fan. I forget. Yeah, that doesn't. That's not a thing. <laughs> they've got another. They've got another South Carolina guy by the name of Alshon Jeffrey. So expect big things out of the Eagles too. Where South Carolina guys go, teams just excel. All so right, well, go Cox then. Yeah, he better Brett, bring the heat. In case you didn't know, Brett's a huge South Carolina I fan. Know. Yeah. Everything he owns <laughs> is yes. Gamecock colored or just says Cox on. Yeah, go Cox. Go <laughs> Cox. Cox. Doesn't he have a cock tattoo? I do. I have a cock on my shoulder. I'll show it to you. This is going down the wrong path, people. We need to stop talking about this. All right. Since producer Josh is out in Iowa playing in Michael Annette's golf tournament, producer Natalie is here today, and she has chosen a few hashtag AskDBC questions to ask the guys here. Are you serious? That's where Josh is? Yeah, he has a Does Josh realize we have a playoff basketball game tonight? (laughs) Well. And he's golfing. I think Josh likes golf better than basketball, and I think he's better at Have golf than basketball. Have you seen Josh play basketball? Is it bad? Yes. <laughs> then why would you want him? Because <laughs> he's seven foot nine, like you. <laughs> would you like me to come and play in the game? Can you can you wear a mustache and pull your hair up and show up, please? Sure, done. There's three things that'll make Josh miss this podcast: chasing chicks, playing golf, and or drinking. drinking. So or all three. All three. <laughs> yep. He's doing all three right now. At Cobra by Design Ash, should NASCAR punish drivers who live stream while driving their personal vehicles, i.e. Matt DiBenedetto, this weekend? Is that illegal? What did anyway? he do? I didn't what know What happened? This. He live streamed while he was driving his car, not his race car. Um, Basically, he That's was doing That's illegal, a, though, right? He was doing, I don't know, is In it? Real life? I know texting I mean, is, but. On the NASCAR Snapchat, they had the, like, the next kid drivers take over. And some of them were doing it, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! They, they should." What not were they doing, Natalie? Driving, doing. so they were like, uh, like Holding Facebook living while driving their car and looking at the the phone and the camera. The NASCAR, a couple of the NASCAR next kids did it, and then Matt DiBendetto did it over the weekend. What um, an idiot! I agree. Idiot. You know, I, it's so bad. But like, I don't know. Like, if you're sitting there holding the phone and you keep and you're and you're doing it, that's not good. That's that's probably worse than texting when driving. Yeah. I mean, that, that's but probably. But honestly, I think isn't that <clears throat> actually illegal to be doing? Couldn't like I think so. The cops be well, like, you can't hey, text and drive, so you're going to video yourself your right. drive. Then there's the girl in California that videoed that whole deal <clears throat> where she was drinking and driving. And what about her this? Sister. What if your phone is on a mount? And you're just you hit the you're live still and you're talking. While distracted. Well, it's I no, think if it's there no and you're not looking at it, that's that's <clears throat> fine. Like if but, you're not holding it, move. Yeah. Like hey, look over here. Well, if it's mounted, you got it up and you're just talking when you're going. Yeah, as long as you're not looking at it and looking but at the that, screen. That'd be but that'd be dumb because you're wanting to see what people say when you're exactly. doing it. So, but what was the question? Should they be fined? Or punished. 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 Like, yeah, I think you should just warn them or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know think... how you can punish them. I mean, unless NASCAR writes this into some rule that says in your social media policy of the, <laughs> the sanctioning body that you can't occupy a social media platform while behind the wheel of a vehicle. I mean, I certainly get this fan's concern, but to the point of should they be fined, no. I mean, obviously, if they're breaking the law in that particular particular state which we got to say man i got a lot of friends in law enforcement the number one way to get caught by doing something stupid is on your social media so obviously they're opening that can of worms but it's just sending the wrong message for what you know guys and drivers and, and even us as just spotters are even trying to do which is i mean our job on sunday is to keep our guys safe and we certainly don't want to see our drivers enticing fans you know especially young people to, to do dumb stuff with their phones so now i'm gonna definitely you know clearly not a fan of what these people are doing brett maybe this could turn into like maybe we can spot during the week too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. Oh, they could like rent you out. People could rent yeah. you out, and you yeah. could spot. For You're them. right. You damn right. How is this any different? Wasn't it the NBA that fined one of their players for cussing on their Instagram or something? Yeah, NBA is really, really strict about that stuff. Well, there's that but whole detrimental you? to the sport thing. So maybe this could fall under that. That's Natalie, what I'm, but I'm yeah. not. I'm, but I'm not sure that, that. I don't know. I mean, it's that, I think that's tricky ground. You're not gonna leave here, Ryan, and you'd be like, man, it is film all, door all, bumper I mean, clear. This is awesome. Yeah. Driving out the road. Yeah. Changing rules every week. They don't have time to police this let's yeah. just you know one thing at a time here how about just don't do it kids <laughs> yeah at m underscore barbone asks there's always a lot of tv coverage of driver crew fights what's the best fighter argument you've ever witnessed on the spotter stand oh boy <laughs> um the best fight sandwich gate <laughs> between the ims president the best fighter argument Bidua. that we've ever seen I don't know, Brett. What's the best fighter argument you've, you've seen, other than the one you were in? Getting in fights with Mike Harmon's spotter. <laughs> Are y'all saying the best spotter argument? Yes. Or fight? 
that you've seen or been so a part Stevie of? Reeves, so Stevie Reeves was spotting for Steve Park, and Steve Park had just come back from an injury, and there was another guy that was spotting for Mark Martin, and Mark Martin was leading the race. We were at Charlotte, and Mark was about to lap Steve Park, and Steve had been glued to the bottom all night, and Mark's spotter came down and said, hey, Stevie, I want you to have Steve Park run the top and give us the bottom. And Steve said, look, man, I'm, I've been running the bottom all night. I'm not going to move now. You go around me on the outside. I'll give you plenty of warning. So Mark Martin Spotter completely loses his mind, starts screaming at Stevie Reeves. Stevie Reeves has a temper that's pretty darn short, and, and he proceeded to lose it. And he hit this guy's headset so hard, his headset flew about 12 feet from him. So not only could this guy not hear because his ears were ringing from getting <laughs> slapped but he he literally could not talk to mark martin anymore because he was on an easter egg hunt trying to find the damn headset so um, that's probably the funniest thing that i've seen this was 20 years ago we now have a no touch policy there's a no which actually policy? started after texas that i played a little role in but i would say that Shocker. was probably the funniest one i've seen the fact that you have to have um, a no touch <clears throat> policy on the spotter stand is ridiculous i think uh yeah. one time i saw jimmy kitchens and um a guy that was doing practice for a petty car at the time. His name's Archie. Um, and this, they kind of got into it over a qualifying run. This is back when everybody sat on pit road. Brett, Brett will remember these days when we all sat on pit road. And you just waited for your time to go. It, you sat there for 20 minutes sometimes before you made your run. But it was like, it was just a, a unwritten law that you didn't pull out in front of somebody and mess up their qualifying run. And... You know, it's not like that anymore, but these two somehow got into it, and I remember Jimmy Kitchens being in a sling. He had had a motorcycle accident, and his arm was in a sling, and I'm pretty sure that he was going to whip that guy with one arm, and he was really bad. He picked him up. He was going to beat him up with one arm. and If Jimmy Kitchens was going to fight Brock Lesnar right now, I'd take Jimmy Kitchens. That guy is an Alabama redneck, and I would want nothing to do with him. I'm sure – I'm. What's the best like pit fight you've seen? It doesn't have to be a spotter fight. What about in the pit area? Uh, I've seen a couple, man. It gets pretty hairy up there. Um, I've actually, I wouldn't say a fight, but I had somebody like jumping on my roof once. That was pretty bad. Um, but I've seen people rolling on the ground. Donnie Leah, I think, was in one a couple years ago. Or Imagine wasn't, that. It, it was pretty tough. I don't know. There's there's some here and there. I don't know. I'm not really going to say too much here. <laughs> hey, who picked your spotter for um, for your Xfinity races? Is that you or is that no, the team? That, no, that was uh, I think that was Chris Gabehart had something to do with that, which Brandon, you know, he's awesome. I had never had him spot for me before. I'd heard a lot of great things, and he was really good. I was really, you know, um, really happy he was on top of the roof for me. Who does he normally spot for? Who oh, is he it? does a Who lot was of super it? late model stuff. Her- oh. Brandon Lines for uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison Burton usually, I believe. Um, I don't think he does Xfinity stuff very often. I know he used to spot for Daniel Hemrick, right, way back in the day? Yeah, then when he moved up a little bit. he This guy kind of does. He'll be at the Snowball Derby. He'll be yeah. at all the short track stuff. He's kind of made he's kind of made a, a spotting career out of that stuff. So yeah. At the Big Show, Double Zero asks, why doesn't NASCAR go to carbon fiber braking system like F1 or Indy to try to eliminate brake issues? Brett? <laughs> hey, Natalie, repeat that. I couldn't hear. Why doesn't NASCAR go to carbon fiber braking system like F1 or Indy to try to eliminate brake issues? Uh, I don't, I'm not an engineer. Maybe we can uh, text Kristen's boyfriend since he won't ever come on the show and explain technical issues. But, you know, there's a lot of things that they do on technology that cost a lot more money than the things that we do. And I don't, I don't think we have braking, you know, brake issues. I think we just have issues with cooling them to some degree because yeah. we're trying to put so much downforce into these cars. Yep. So if, if we, you know, create more air ducts, it gets more airflow. I think we, we fix the problem. And look, I mean, we're at Pocono and we're running a heavier brake system this week than we ran the last time. So the teams sometimes have to be protected from themselves by rules, but at the end of the day, they're looking for speed, and those lightweight brakes just weren't the answer this year. And you're looking at two different things too here. You look at the weight of an Indy or of a Formula One car compared to a stock car. You're trying to slow down this big, heavy stock car, and in you know Formula One cars, obviously, how much do they even weigh? I mean, they're, it's got to be half super, or something. Yeah, I mean, it's virtually, and they're not. And they have longer straightaways a lot of times, more yeah. time to cool. And they're basically open air brakes. Like you're not, you don't need ducks for them half the time. Yeah. But um, you know, it, it's just not. I think our brakes are actually really good. I mean, there's the the brake ducts are pretty sealed off on a lot of these cars for yeah. speed. So That's I mean, when for. you're overheating, you're overheating the fluid, and and just 
it, that's what you're going to have. If there was a mandatory, I think, um, you had to have two break ducks per side in the front open, I think you really wouldn't see a lot of break issues. Or, like no, you said, they went to different breaks for Pocono. It's kind of like camber. You know if you put too much right front camber in it, you're playing with fire. Yep. So, yeah, I don't it, – it, we're just big, heavy stock cars. Mm-hmm. What's All your right. rant, Brett? Yeah. He already said it. he's not an engineer. Brett, you got a rant this week? Oh, whoops. No, man, I'm just happy. I'm just riding along <laughs> I-81 wishing all these idiots would get out of the fast lane. That's my rant. If you're listening to this podcast, get the f*** out of the fast lane. <laughs> I drove down from D.C. back to here yesterday, and I will agree. There's a lot of dumb drivers on 81. It was awful. Brett, did you get a heart-shaped bathtub this weekend? No, I did not get a heart-shaped bathtub, man. I stayed uh, across the racetrack, had my family with me. We went and saw horses swim across the bay at Chicoteague. Then we went to Annapolis for a night, and then we ended up, you know, three days in the Poconos. My kids all got swimmers here, and they're ready to go home. So uh, <laughs> I'm driving back to North Carolina, back to God's country, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'll see y'all this weekend before we get to the Glen. Another two-day show for Cup. Hey, I got, a, right. I got a question, actually. So what's the deal with um, making the chase in Xfinity? Do you have to race all the races to actually make it, or can you just be in the top 30 in points? Are you thinking ahead here? No, nah, I'm just curious because <laughs> somebody was just texting me I'm 31st. And you I have think to you declare. Have to, yeah, you, you have, have to declare that you're an Xfinity, an Xfinity driver. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, which I did. So I'm just curious. I mean, not that it you matters. Come, you but coming for us? Nah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Gonna get my old pedal bike out. TJ's there having a baby this week. Did y'all oh, know that's that? That's true too. That's oh, my no rant. Way. That's my rant. <laughs> He's we gonna are go- be changing <laughs> diapers. For She's the coming next on year. Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we're gonna induce on Wednesday. This so is awesome. Is Maddie excited? She's very excited. Um, <laughs> she's ready I, for a little sister. She is ready for a little sister until she we get her home and she realizes how much she's gonna be changing diapers and screaming holding. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking so forward happy to that. Having another girl, man. I, can't I am wait. too. I, I am. I am happy. <laughs> I am. My a little girl is my choice. Madeline is so sweet and good that I, I'm not really. And she's starting to grow up a little bit. What if this one's like a hellion though? Well, <laughs> not happening. Um, yeah, Madeline's just real sweet, man. She's so good. And I'm not done with her. She's a daddy's girl, and I'm not done with her. Uh, you know, hopefully I can get this next one to be the same way because Madeline's just starting to get enough where she wants to be independent a little bit more. And, and um, you know, I'm not really ready for it to be over yet. So well, I guess I'll start over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys got your picks for this weekend at Watkins. Uh, uh, yeah, Glenn. we know mine. Whoever lost this last one was going to get get Almendinger, so I'll take the ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling. Brett, who you He's got? He's got ding-a-ling. I'm going You're with – You're still kicking his ass, by the way. It's all luck. Poor guy. I almost took, like, Joey Gase or somebody this weekend <laughs> just to give him a shot. But uh, I'm going to go with Michael McDowell. I don't have a lot of steam left in the old tank, but i, I got to go with somebody that I think is good at road courses. And here's the thing about Michael McDowell. He has been the fastest RCR affiliate pretty much all year. I mean, he outruns the three, he outruns the 31, he outruns the 27, he outruns the 37, outruns the 47. There's a lot of RCR cars on the racetrack, and Todd Parrott and Michael McDowell usually find a way to have more speed than those other guys. So I I definitely think I got a sleeper, but I also think I got a chance. A sleeper? You're stealing my Sonoma strategy. You guys are running out of drivers. This was my Sonoma strategy. He's just copying it. Wannabe. Wannabe. He can't hear me, I don't think. All right. And why is Glenn (laughs) fast, man? Like, it's a road course but it's a really fast road course. You know, when you look at Sonoma, it's really slow, really technical. Sonoma doesn't have those, you know, two super long straightaways like the Glen has. And and it's so fast going up the S's to carry speed down that backstretch. It's like it's it's speed, man. These road course guys usually shine a little more in Watkins Glen than they do at Sonoma. All right. Well, Ryan, you got anything you want to say to your wife or anything? You got yeah. any sponsor <laughs> shout-outs, plugs you yeah. got to get in? Yeah, just pretty much thanks to Mohawk Northeast, <laughs> found with Ready Mix. I loved how you had uh, you know, I loved uh, your fact that you got out of the car bread. and you had that fire suit on. Yeah. When I saw I was like, look at that. That's perfect. I mean, yeah. it, you didn't have the, you know – it, it, it was just like you could tell it was a short track. It's one you wear on your short track stuff, right? Uh, yeah, yep. So much. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool to to yeah. get out and see. No, it was it was really cool. And actually, they were there. Who owned who owned? Uh, so they had a really good mix. time. Well, they drove it. Oh yeah, man. They they were super <laughs> excited, and um, you know, to see the smile on their face was was even better. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, well, man. Yeah, we're all we're all Thanks. really happy for you, man. Seeing you seeing you succeed and. Um, 
Wish you the best of luck. And drive Appreciate safe. And if you know, you get I still remember. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you get in legal trouble, call Brett. When oh, you're yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I try not to get any speeding tickets. I, I abide the uh, the laws of the road. He's got this souped-up Mustang that'll run about 200 miles an hour. So he does. We walked by it. for him to get a speeding ticket. We yeah. walked by the parking lot, and Mallet even goes, whoa, nice car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all show-go. because he won, I bet he got a free Toyota Prius for his drive home. He'll save a lot of money on gas. <laughs> That's yeah, nice. I you would. gotta give a shout out to Toyota for that. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta thank Toyota. What, what were you gonna say now? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Two years ago, you and I sat down to have lunch here in Mooresville. Yeah, that was uh, I was just thinking about that when you asked me to come do this radio show. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, you finally made yeah. it. <laughs> Welcome to the big time. He Welcome is not cheap to have lunch with, man. He orders the he most made expensive you buy? thing. Absolutely. Oh, you're such not a surprised. He won't even give us. I didn't make him buy. Clear T-shirts. You gotta buy him. Such a cheapskate. Sorry, I got kids to feed. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. It's been good having you, and uh, hopefully, you know, if you win again, you get come back. Absolutely. Hey, hey Ryan, when am I going to see you again, man? we got to have a celebratory cocktail at some point. Yeah, I'll try to make it down here in the next month or so, and we'll uh, we'll have a good time. Brett likes hot vodka. Hot vo- What? Yeah. Uh, come uh, on. That is, that is hey, thanks different. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Man. I know you're busy, and we're, we're, uh, we're all happy for you, man. Yeah. We're all pulling for you. I was literally sitting in, the, in my little condo up there in the Poconos screaming at the TV, don't screw this up. So I'm glad yeah. you screw it up. <laughs> you along with everybody who texted yeah. me, trust me. I got I got a pretty good text message from Newman saying, to, don't mess it up uh, before the race. <laughs> and I texted him back, and I said, oh, I didn't. He said, yeah, well, you almost did there in one and two. Uh. So. <laughs> It was pretty cool. <laughs> but you didn't. So He's always good at bringing me back down to earth. Yeah. That's well, awesome. He likes to get lessons in the modifiers when he comes to Loudon, too. So. No, he's definitely given us a few lessons. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed having Ryan, and hopefully he can continue to carry that checker flag around. Thanks yeah, to One Main Financial and Exulta for this lovely studio. The lovely studio. All it right, everyone. sweet. We'll see you later. See ya. Peace. See ya. Holla. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear. Brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 